Let's go ahead and I'm going to get right into our message this morning. I'm going to conclude Divine Purpose. All right? I've thoroughly enjoyed this series. It has challenged me even as a pastor on going after God and going after God in a different realm. Going after God and, and the will that he has for my life differently. You know, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 3. The word, the scripture instructs us to do something very easily. In fact, it doesn't really instruct us, but it gives us the clue as to what we need to do as humanity to do what? Follow or go after God's will. The scripture says in 1 Thessalonians 4 and 3 that the Lord's will for your life is to be holy. Amen. That's it. It's not, you know, necessarily, you know, the, the only thing of the Lord's will is for me is I have to have this type of career or I have to fulfill this calling or, or I have to uh, marry this person or whatever. Whatever decisions we get bombarded with. We can know with assurance in our heart and in our spirit and our mind that the will of God for your life and for my life is one specific thing and that is this, to be holy. Now that's that holy is a word that we kind of get scared of. We're like, wow, I I mean, pastor, do you know my past? You know, do, do you know the thoughts that go through my head? Do you know the actions that I take on? You know, me being holy, that's a big step. That's a big thing. I can't live up to that standard. Let me, let me define something for you. Holy means this, to be set apart or to be different. To be set apart or to be different. So God calls you and I to be as one, as his followers, to be different than this world, and to be set apart from this world. That's it. That's all. To be set apart and to be different. And when we do that, then we begin to flow into what we're calling divine purpose. Divine, the definition or the meaning of divine is of God. All right? Of God. And the, the meaning or the definition for the word purpose is a leading or an interest in. So we know that God has a godly interest or a godly leading for every one of our lives. It doesn't matter what your background is. It doesn't matter what you've done, what you've said. It doesn't. God has got a will for your life, and that is for you to be set apart and to be different because he's got a purpose for you, and he's wanting, you, and he's wanting rather to lead you in that purpose. Let me, think, let me ask you this, all right, or make this statement. Have you ever gone through times in life, maybe it was a job, maybe it was something that you said, that has been challenging? Maybe you've been in a relationship that, that has been challenging. And often we might, we might say things like, I can't do that forever. I can't stay in this forever. I don't know if I can do this forever. You know, we think about the word forever, and it's like, that's forever, right? That's long. Forever is never ending. Your life and decisions that you are making move you in the direction of your strongest thoughts. Think about that. The life and the decisions that you have made are a result of your strongest thoughts. In other words, what are the things that you are thinking on? What are the things, what are the thoughts that are going through your mind? What are the things that you are harboring on in your mind? If your thoughts are full of faith, or they're full of God's truth, then you are becoming more like Christ every day. I think that's what we all want, right? We want our thoughts to be full of faith and to be full of God's truth. And if we're doing that, 
then our relationship with God should be growing each and every day. But here's where it gets difficult. You know your thoughts. I know my thoughts. And let's just be honest. They don't always line up with God, do they? Okay. I'm glad I'm being honest. Our thoughts do not always line up with God's word. We allow anger that is not of godliness to what? Take reign over our thoughts. We allow improper thoughts. Watch this. Uh-oh, he's going to say it. Sexuality to go through your mind. Things that you should not be thinking on. And you go, Pastor Kevin, I got a problem. And my thoughts are not holy. My thoughts are not lining up with God. You know, we have addictions. And our thoughts oftentimes are consumed of the problem that we have with an addiction. So, but I'm making a statement here saying if our thoughts are full of faith, and our thoughts are about getting in the Word of God, and our thoughts are about prayer, and our thoughts are about godliness, then we should be growing in God. Now, I love this scripture. In Romans chapter 8, verses 5 through 6, this is the words of Paul here, and this is what he said. He said, those who are dominated by the sinful nature, they think about what? Sinful things. But those who are controlled, now, I love that word controlled, because controlled in this aspect means this, it's, it's a behavior that you and I have. Or, or look, watch this, it's the supervising the running of something in our mind. So when we are controlled, that is a behavior. So the scripture says those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things. This is going to get real easy and profound for you in your life as we go through this message. I'm going to throw a couple things at you, then you're going to be like, wow, I've been making this thing way so complicated for way too long. But we get tired of the sinful nature that we have. I know I get tired of the sinful nature that I have. I'm hoping that you get tired of the sinful nature that you have. Paul says this, those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things. But watch this, but those who are controlled are controlled by the Holy Spirit. What do they do? They think about things that please the Spirit. They think about things that please the Spirit. Now let's move on to the next one. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. But letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. How many people talk to themselves? Be honest. Be honest. Right? It was weird. I got I, I to gotta, I gotta throw this out here. Story about myself. The other day I had a lot of decisions to make for the church. That's annoying sometimes when I, I was at a conference the other week and this speaker kept going to the water bottle like 500 times. It annoyed me. Sorry. Some of you are annoyed because I just did that. Sorry. You know, and I had a lot of decisions that I had to make and I was getting ready for the day and Andrew was home and, you know, I didn't realize it, but I started talking to myself. I was like, I got to do this. I got to do that. I got to get involved in it. I got to go talk to this person. I got to go visit this guy. I got to go see this. I got to get this done. Then I got baseball practice later on, and I got to do this at baseball. And, you know, all this stuff is going through my mind, and it's just rattling out. And my wife's just standing at the door like, are you okay? Are you okay? 
You know, so yes, Pastor Kevin got in a moment and I talked to myself. But you know what? Your inner dialogue mean, determines a lot about your life. What is the inner dialogue that's happening in your life right now? Is it a dialogue that's of positive? Is it a dialogue that says, you know what, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me? Is it a dialogue that says, no weapon formed against me shall prosper, and every tongue that rises against me shall what? Be condemned. Is it a dialogue that says, you know what, I can do this, I can accomplish these things? It, do you have an inner dialogue that's being positive in your life right now? Or is it the opposite? Maybe you have a dialogue that says, you know what, I'm worthless. Maybe you have a dialogue in, 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 your, in your heart, in your soul, in your spirit that's saying, you know what, I made so many mistakes, there's no way that I can live up to the potential that what I think that God has for my life. Or there's no way that I can meet the potential that others have placed on my life and they're expecting me to get to. You see, we all have an inner dialogue that's going on. Some of us want to admit it, some of us don't. I admitted it. We have an inner dialogue. We're saying things to ourselves every day. You are influencing you. You are the biggest influence that you have in your life. You're either going to speak words of life or you're going to speak words of death. But the choice ultimately comes to you. Who do you want to be? Or rather, who has God designed you to be? Your words mean a lot. The inner dialogue that you have in your life every single day means a lot. I want to go back to that scripture that we were looking at right there in Romans where it says those who are dominated by sinful nature, do, what do they do? They're thinking about sinful things. Anything that does not line up with the word of God is sin. God does not instruct you and I he does not instruct you not. He does not advise us. He does not ask us. He does not tell us to speak negative about our life. Rather, on the contrary, we go back to that scripture. Please throw it back up again. I'm not done with it. Those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about the sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit wants to be the controlling aspect and the controlling factor in your relationship with God. The Holy Spirit wants to be the controlling factor in the outcome of your life. Those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things, but those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that are pleasing to the Spirit and go to verse 6. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to what? Death. I think we can all probably look back uh, at a relationship or two or, or maybe at an, an opportunity or two where we have allowed what we have spoken into it to cause death. Death with an ex-spouse. Death with a, 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 a boss that you've had. Death with friendships. We have all spoken death into different things in our lives. What Paul is trying to bring to our attention is this. Stop with the inner dialogue of all the negative. Stop with the inner dialogue of everything that is of this world, but rather allow the Holy Spirit to control your inner dialogue in your life. Is your life, is your thought life, is it God-centered? Or would you say it is more negative-based? Do you wake up in this, in this direction, my God is with me, my life matters, um, I've got a great calling, I'm full of faith, my, my mind is full of life and peace, and I've got divine energy to do everything that God has me to do. Do you wake up like that, or do you wake up going, oh my, another day? 
another dollar to make, another problem to face. You know, this morning, I'm going to be perfectly honest with you. It was time for me to get up. I knew what time I had to get up to get ready for, for this day and, and to get everything in, in line. And I didn't get home till 2.30. Look, I'm like 10.30, not, you know, 10, 10.30. I'm ready for bed, all right? I get up early. And so 2.30 in the morning, I'm getting home. Don't get to bed till 3. Shame on me. I shouldn't have done that. I went to the O's game. It was great. But, you know, I, this morning when I woke up, I was like, Lord, really? Today's got to be Sunday? Can't today just be Saturday? Can't today even be Monday? Why does today got to be Sunday? You know, I woke up going, oh, man, I got so much to do, and I am wore the plum out. How am I going to do this? You know? I'll tell you what, I remember this morning getting up and getting, going through my routine, and, you know, I, I sat down for a minute, and I was like, I'm tired. I'm too tired to pray. I don't even feel like praying right now, God. That's what I'm thinking in my mind. I'm like, I can't even, how am I supposed to get up and, and speak to these people about you? And I don't even feel like talking to you right now. I mean, has anybody been there? Come on, please. Don't make me feel alone here. All right? Thank you. And so I remember going, you know what, Kevin? No. This is a spiritual discipline in your life. You may not feel like it, but you're going to do it. I sat down. And I went through my devotion. And then I went to my time of prayer. And as I began to pray, it wasn't, God, I, I don't feel like doing this today. It was just, God, you know, I'm going to praise you even right now when I don't feel like it. I'm going to thank you right now even when I don't want to be thanking you right now. I had to get into a dialogue that was taking me out of what the negative was to get me into what God wanted and to get my mind right so that I could get in here and give you something. Think about that. Every day in our life, we need to get up with the attitude of, Lord, my first priority is to get with you. You hear me say this a lot, and I, I, I truly believe in it. But this is a spiritual discipline that we all must make part of our lives as Christ followers. And that is, Lord, I must get into your word. I must get into prayer time. I must be, you know, first of the year, we're going to spend a time of fasting. You know, I must, Lord, you know, give to you what my first fruits are, God, every time I come into the local church. Lord, I must do these spiritual disciplines. When we get in the habit of doing these things, our perspective and our outlook in our life begins to change. Instead of looking at all the negative, then we begin to see the positive and the opportunity that God wants to do and work in your life. So we must begin to change to what our outlook is. Now, life can be overwhelming. Life can, you know, we, we get tired and, and we look at our jobs sometimes and we go, you know, I just don't feel like doing that job anymore. I don't like the people I work for. I don't like the people I work with. You know, God, I just can't seem to get ahead, even though I keep spending money left and right, but I can't get, seem to get ahead financially. I want to make a, call, a statement here to you, and this is this. Your life is moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. But here's a question. Are you excited about the direction your thoughts are taking you? Let me, let me say that statement to you one more time. Your life is moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. But the question we must ask ourselves is this. Are you excited about the direction your thoughts are taking you? 
You know, some of us are not happy about the outcome of our life thus far. You know, we, we are understanding that where we are now is a direct result of our thoughts. Where we are now is a direct result of the decisions that we made yesterday. And where you're going to be tomorrow is going to be a direct result of the decisions that you're making today. But let me revert you back to the scripture in 1 Thessalonians 4 and 3 where God tells us that the will for his life, for our life rather, is to be holy. Is to be holy, which means what? We're to be set apart and we are to be different. When the world looks at me, they should not be able to look at me and see me as part of them, but they should look at me and see me as part of the body of Christ. When there's not a distinction between the two, then we have a problem. There must become a difference. When people see you, they must see Christ and not the world or society we live in. Romans chapter 12, verse 2 says this, and this is, again, Paul. Don't copy the behaviors and the customs of this world, but let God do what? Transform you. Let God transform you into who? A new person. By doing what? Let God transform you into a new person. Now watch this. Not a better version of who you currently are. But rather a new person. By changing what? The way you think. Version is, is referring to as an editing. I don't want God to edit me. I want God to completely make me new. Because if God is editing me, and I'm only allowing him to edit in different aspects of my life, God, help me with my language, but I'll take care of my addictions. Watch this. God, help me in my relationship with you, but I'll take care of my marriage. God, help me on my job, but I'll determine what my calling is in the church. You see, when we say God edit us, or we look at God just to take portions of our life to make them better, we're saying we don't want all of you in our life, Lord. The scripture says, what does he do? He makes us what? A new person. We must become a new person. Don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a what? A new person. A new person, completely different than who you have been. God changing me by the renewing of my mind. Stop by stopping the negative lies and replacing them with godly what truths in my life. I love 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 3. It says this. Though we live in the world, we do not wage world war as the world does. But watch this. The weapons we fight with are not weapons of this world. Our weapons aren't normal weapons. On the contrary, they're divine. Or what? What is divine? It's of God. Our weapons, on the contrary, are what? Of God. The power to demolish the strongholds. Demolish doesn't mean to fix. It means to completely annihilate, to wipe out never to existing again. 
God saying, I want to demolish the strongholds that are in your life. What are those things that are holding you back from God? What are those things that are keeping you from drawing closer into a more intimate? What are those things that are keeping God from creating a what? New person rather than a revised individual. My prayer today is, Lord, I don't want to be a revised individual. I don't want to be a revision of who I was. I want to be completely broken down and built from the ground back up into who you want me to be. Amen. God, I, I'm, glad, I'm, glad, I'm glad there's a couple people who are getting this this morning. God, I want to be broken down. And when we're broken down, we have to be prepared for what may come. When we pray a prayer such as, God, break me, we must be prepared for what's to come. God can take those relationships that don't belong and break them. God can take that career that doesn't belong for your life and break that. We must be prepared. I remember I went through a, a, a time in my life where there was a lot of breaking. I'll never forget it. I refer to it often because that is my testimony of what God has done in my life, where he's taken me from to where I am today. And I'll tell you this much, as much as it was painful to go through that breaking season of my life, I would do it absolutely over and over and over again for God to continue to rebuild me and to take me to where I'm supposed to be. You need to understand something. Some of you in this room this morning, I'm going to be completely honest here with you, is you've been praying for God to bring change into your life, but you've never really been asking him to break you. You're, you are fine with him revising you or editing you or making a newer version of you, refining you, but never breaking you down to build you back into what he wants to be what he wants you to be. I believe when we get to the point where we say, God, break me. Break me, Lord. Break me of my sinful habits. Break me of my thoughts. Break me of these actions that don't line up with your word. Break me of my pride. Break me, whatever it is, Lord, that's, that's keeping me from going into the divine purpose that you have for my life. God, break me. When we get to that point, that's when God really begins to move. That's when God begins to take you from the ground. It begins to build you step by step by step by step by step into the purpose that he has for you. We demolish arguments and every pretense that set itself up against the knowledge of God. We must take captive Captive what? The captive of every thought. And we must make it obedient to God. We must capture the rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. What are the things that you think on? What are the thoughts that go through your mind each and every day? What are the things that you harbor on? That is the person you are. But let that sink in for a moment. The sinful things that you're thinking on is the person that you are. 
I don't know about you, but I don't want to be that person. I don't want to be those sinful thoughts. I don't want to be that anger. I don't want to be those inappropriate uh, images. I don't want to be the, 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 the words of, that are cutting to, to bring others down. I don't want to be another addiction. I want to be a new creation in God. I want God to look at me when I say the prayer, Lord, break me. Break me down. Break every bit of sin about me. Break everything that's even good about me. Break me down completely. And then God, build me back up into the individual that you want me to become. See, our thoughts, they capture us. You are the result of your strongest thoughts. The things that you're continually harboring on. That's who you are. You're the result of that. Are you, are you willing to continue to live that life? Oftentimes we say, God, just, you know what? Change this about me. Don't touch this. I'll handle this. I don't want you to touch this because, see, I, I've got a good grasp on it. And I like it. And it's kind of like a security blanket to me. I can always run back to it to make myself feel better, even though I know that it doesn't line up. And then later on, I'm going to have regret in my life for what I've allowed to become a part of my life. And then we'll say the prayer again, Lord, just, you know what, change this about me. But don't touch this. And so we'll go through the season where, where we feel like God's changing us. And we feel good about ourselves because we still know that we still have something over here that we can go back to. That security blanket, that sin that we run back to to make ourselves feel better. But then when we more of God, we'll come back over and we'll go, well, Lord, we want more of you. And then we wonder why we're not growing. We stay stationary. Or rather, we actually fall. And God is saying, look, I want to make you a new person. As Paul said in, in Romans, I want to make you a new person. I want your thinking to be different. I don't want you to be imprisoned by your thoughts any longer. I don't want you to have those negative thoughts any longer. I don't want you to have that inner dialogue that is tearing you down because you are your biggest influence. You listen to yourself more than you listen to anyone else. You listen to yourself more than you listen to God. You listen to yourself more than you listen to your spouse. And all the spouses say amen. Right? You are your biggest influence. So if I am my biggest influence, and I, and, and, and I know that God wants me to be around those who what, build me up, then God, I need you to build me up in here. I must become broken. What are the things, Lord, that you no longer want in my life? Break them. Are you willing to say that prayer? Are you willing to go through what that resolve might actually become? Whatever it is, Lord, that, that is keeping me from stepping into your will, which is to be holy, to be set apart, to be different, right? That's what God's word says. It's very simple. To be in his will means to be different, to be set apart. Are we willing to become different and to become set apart? See, it's frustrating as a pastor because it's so black and white. It con there's such a contrast between the will of God 
and what I want to do. The will of God and what I want to do. The will of God is ultimately going to give me joy, but it, I may not see some of the resolve till later on down the road. But what I want to do will give me a pleasure right now, but you know what? When that pleasure runs out, I'm going to feel nasty, I'm going to feel disgusting, I'm going to feel awful about myself. But then I want the will of God, I want to be set apart, I want to be different, and I'm going to get into the Word for a season, I'm going to get into prayer and fasting for a season, but the moment I get bored of it, I do what I want. And I'm no longer allowed to be a part of my life for a season. And then during that season, a whole lot of mess up happens, doesn't it? During that season, we, we what? We, we begin to, our prayer life dwindled. That inner dialogue that's supposed to be positive becomes what? Negative. Our thoughts completely change. But yet God, transform me. Revise me, Lord. Change this about me. But then when we get bored of it, and we don't see God moving the way we think we need him to move, what do we do? Let's go back. Are you willing to break this so there's no more of going back and forth? I'm tired of the back and forth relationships. Amen? I'm tired of seeing people swinging back and forth all the time in a relationship with God. I want, a people, I want to see a people who are going to say, you know what? God, break me. Break me down completely. And then build me back up to be the person that you want me to be so that I can stay grounded in you, focused in you, that you can be that rock in my life, that you can be that true foundation in my life, rather than being someone who just gets swayed by the wind of this world that we live in. I believe that we have way too much of that in our church today. Too many people, oh, it's popular now, let's go to church. Oh, let's go do this now because the season has changed. God is saying, I, I, I want more for your life. I want more for you. I want you to live a life that when you look at yourself in the mirror, you don't look at yourself in disgust and shame and guilt, but you look at yourself and say, well, you know what? I see what I am, and that is a true child of the Most High God. I see a person who is called. I see a person that God is building up and that God is raising. I see a person that has been broken, but God is making me again into who he wants me to be. I want you to stand up with me this morning. What I'm going to do is I'm going to give you some suggestion statements. That's what I want you to think about. Maybe you're a person who's worried all the time. Because of Christ, I'm not going to be anxious about anything. But rather, I'm going to cast my cares on God because he cares through me. I'm going to understand that I have the peace of God dwelling in my heart and ruling in my mind day in and day out. I'm going to understand that what my life belongs to God. Daily, I'm going to seek him. Daily, I'm going to allow him to do what? Direct my step. I'm going to say my confidence is in Christ and Christ alone because his spirit what lives within me. I can do everything that he calls me to do. I believe if we can get to the spot where we can begin to change the inner dialogue in our life. And watch this. It's not you changing it. 
Remember the scripture. It's God changing it in you. It's not you changing it. You're not powerful enough to do it. You've been trying for years and you wonder why you're at where you're at now. Because you've been trying. We must, what? The Bible says we must take our cares and cast them to who? Him. Him. Cast our cares before the Lord. This morning, our cares should be our thought. Lord, I cast my cares to you. I cast my thoughts to you. Change this about me. But not just change it. Lord, break it. Break me, Lord, so that I can be right back into your will, which is to be what? Set apart and to be different. I want every head bowed, every eye closed for a moment. I want you to think about what has been said here this morning. But I also want you to think about what your thoughts have been. Because remember, your thoughts dictate who you are right now. They really do. Your strongest thoughts, the result of them is who you are today. Some of you in here, you're you're, you're happy with who you are. You're happy with who you are in Christ. I believe that is because you've been broken. You've allowed him to break you down and to build you back into what his will or his what? Divine purposes for your life. But there's others in this room this morning who would say, Pastor Kevin, I'm, I'm not happy with my thoughts. I'm not happy with the things that run through my mind daily. And, and honestly, I'm, I'm not happy with maybe where I'm at with God right now. And I need that to change. I need that to grow. I, I, you know what? I need to say, Lord, break me. Break me right now. You know, I'm going to tell a story. You, you can open your eyes real quick before I get into what I was going to do. I remember when I was youth pastoring here at the church. And I, I, I entered a season where my, my heart changed from one segment of the church to the whole church. And it was a battle for me. I'm going to be very honest. I battled it heavy because I, I, I never wanted to, I'm sorry, I never wanted to have that heart for the whole church. I wanted it for a segment of ministry. I didn't want that responsibility. I didn't think that I could handle it, and I still don't think I can handle the responsibility. But I remember getting to a spot going, God, you know what? If this is what you want, you're going to have to break me. I need you to break me because who I am right now is not the individual that can lead this church. And I'll be honest, I remember going, being back in the back with the kids and, and man, we were having a great time on the outside. Everything looked great. On the inside, I was just dying. I was going, God, I'm having a hard time here. My passion is not here with them. My passion is for everyone. You got to change this. I need you to break me, God. I remember praying a prayer just like that. God, break me to build me into who I'm supposed to become. I believe I'm in that process right now that God is still building. You see, it doesn't just happen and end. The process is every day. 
God is building us and building us and building us. The moment you think you've made it, we need to be broken again because you've missed it. God is wanting you to be broken. That's horrible to say, kind of. It stinks to say it, but it's the truth because he sees the potential. He sees what he can do in your life. He knows the plans that he has for you, declares who? The Lord. So every head bowed, every eye closed. If you could honestly say to me, Pastor Kevin, I need to be broken today. I need God to break me because I need to be set forth into his will. I need to be set forth into his purpose, his divine purpose for my life. I need to become different. I need to become set apart. If that's you this morning, I just want you to slip your hand right up and say, yes, that's me. Hands everywhere in this room are going up right now. All over the place. Let's pray. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, you see every heart. You saw the outward expression, but Lord, you even see the inward expression. God, right now, there's people in this room. Their prayer today, Father Lord, is break me. They realize, Lord, that there's more for their life than where they're at now. They realize, God, that you have a purpose for them. They realize, Lord, that they must become different and set apart. Lord, they realize that they are tired of the way things have been, but God, they want to be cast out into your will, into your plan, into what you desire for their life. So God, by the power of your Holy Spirit, as your word instructs us, Lord, we cast our care to you. And we ask you, Lord, to lead these people. Lead them. Break them right now. Build them up. As your word says to the potter in the clay, God, you are the potter. We are the clay. Reform us into who you want us to be, Father. You see every heart, every life, God. You hear the prayers of your people. You know the guilt, the shame. You know the distraction that has been placed upon them in their spiritual realm, Lord, of how they've been distracted from living out the, the will and the purpose that you have for them. So God, right now, I'm asking, Lord, that you would just break them, break them down, and to begin to rebuild them into the person, into the individual, God. Father, we love you so much. And we praise your, we worship you in this house this morning, Lord. We've come here, God, today to, to glorify your holy name. We've come here today, Lord, to say that we love you. Lord, we know that you have a desire for us. God, we know, Lord, that there's people in here who are called to do ministry. Lord, we know there's people who are here who, who are, are called to, to, to be business owners, entrepreneurs. Lord, we know, God, there's people here, Lord, that, that maybe are not in the plan that you have for them, but God, are wanting to get there. So, God, I'm just asking right now, do it. Do it. Let us begin to see your miracle working in. Let us begin to see, Father Lord, how you're breaking people down and then building them back up into who you want them to be. Lord, as your word says, make them a new creation. Not a revision of who they were, but a new creation. A new being, Father. Lord, speak life. May their inner dialogue, Lord, speak life. May they change their outlook in life. May they change what, the way they're thinking. May they change the words they're saying and using. Father, just do the miraculous. Do the great in their life. God, we love you so much. Father, when we leave this place today and we get back out into this world, and 
where the true testing happens. May we be strong. May we allow those spiritual disciplines, Lord, may we participate in them every day. Prayer, getting in your word, surrounding ourselves with like believers, taking a time of fasting when we feel that, Lord, that is needed and you're leading us into it. God, do in the lives of every people, Lord, what you desire. You see the outward expression of the hands that were lifted, but Lord, you also see the inward expression of those, Lord, who are wanting more. So give them more. Give them more of you right now. May they be so consumed of you, God, that they look at themselves and and not even be able to recognize them any longer. Because, Lord, that you're doing a new work. Encourage every person here today. May we live according to the purpose, the divine purpose, the God-pleasing purpose that you have for our lives. So, Lord, we love you. We praise you. We glorify you, God. And as we leave this place today, we pray, Lord, that the words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Father, we pray over our offering. God, we pray over the giftings and the tithings that will be given to you. May they be used to grow your kingdom. May they be used, Lord, to do more and more ministry to make a difference in the lives of your people. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church says, amen Amen and amen. Hey, listen, I love you guys. Thank you so much. We'll see you next week.